Murder on the Music Scene has rebranded. We are now going by the name Mysterious-ish. Join us for Season 2 of Mysterious-ish, where we will be discussing conspiracy theories such as time travel and aliens. Season 2 premieres March 22nd with two new episodes. Hi everyone, Caitlin here. I just wanted to let everyone know that Erica and I are so grateful to have so much support from our listeners. Your opinions are extremely important to us and we want to improve the show in order to give you all of the content that you want to hear. We have created a survey for you to tell us what we are doing well as well as what we could improve upon. You can find this survey on our website, murderonthemusicscene.com, under the support tab. This survey is completely anonymous, so please tell us how you really feel. Enjoy the show! Murder on the Music Scene contains graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Murder on the Music Scene, the podcast where a music educator and a music enthusiast discuss the deaths of musicians and the mysteries surrounding them. I am Erica. And I'm Caitlin. Today we're going to be discussing the death of Janice Joplin. Good old Janice. Damn it, Janice. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I love her, I'm kidding. Everything's fine, don't worry about it. Okay. Anyways. You did so good. That was such a great impression. Wait, what? An impression? Yeah. Of who? You sound like Bobby Hill when you said that. I did? Yeah. I wasn't intending that. Oh. Well, you know what? Gold star. Oh my gosh. While I was listening to episode four this yesterday morning, um, I realized that my laugh is kind of obnoxious, especially when you're wearing headphones. So listeners, I am deeply sorry for my obnoxious ass laugh. I'm so sorry. I will work on it. Mine's probably fucking, I don't even want to know what mine's sounds like i bet it's horrid but it's honestly a lot of both of ours a lot of the time is just wheezing (laughs) like that that i can't wheezing followed by a cackle okay anyways we have fun here see there's the wheeze i can't All right. I'm sorry. So, uh, Janice Joplin, Erica. Get us into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Janice Lynn Joplin was born in January 19, 1943. Ooh, Capricorn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was an American singer-songwriter who sang rock, soul, and blues music. She was one of the most successful and widely known rock stars of her era and was noted for her powerful vocals and stage presence. In 1976, Janis Joplin rose to fame following an appearance at Monterey Pop Festival. So that's the same one that um, The Doors... Nope, Jimi Hendrix. That's the same one that Jimi Hendrix lit his guitar on fire. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was the lead singer then of a small San Fran psychedelic rock band, Big Brother and the Holding Company. 
Big Brother and the Holding Company. Yeah, I never knew that she had like separate. I didn't either. I thought, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I thought she was a solo artist, like her yeah. whole career. I mean, I've never heard her band. I've always just heard her name, like right. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. After re- releasing two albums with the band, she actually left that band and became a solo artist. Oh, there we go. Yep. She had her. <laughs> she had her own back. Bagpipes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Janice Joplin <laughs> playing the bagpipes. Yeah, why not? I mean, you know, the school that I taught at. It was the 70s, so. <laughs> you're right, you're right. The school that I taught at this year had like a whole ass bagpipe class. Because they're. That's the, actually kind of dope. Yeah, the school mascot used to be the, the Scots, so. I think of the new guy. Have you ever seen the new guy? No? Is it a TV show? No, it's a movie. The new guy. Yeah, what? and like at their school, they had like. At the end, they became like a like a scottish theme like football thing and there's like a midget with bagpipes oh my god <laughs> i actually i did ask the band director to teach me bagpipes and like he was fucking w- sick yeah yeah but it looks really hard like i watched them play it once it's it looks like insanely hard mm. you have to like it's like a recorder but also you're squeezing shit with your elbow right it's like really hard like the episode of friends where ross tries to play the bagpipes and it sucks yeah i get it it's probably it's really freaking hard interesting so anyways that's an instrument that's on my bucket list just kidding i'm i believe in you (laughs) i'm glad someone does (laughs) she had her own backup group such as cosmic blues and full tilt boogie let me tell you i like that cosmic blues yeah that's i like full tilt boogie Full. Why can't boogie. I say that? Full tilt boogie. Full tilt. Full. Full tit boogie. You know what? It would be real easy to just say tit instead. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like that's that's what they were going for. But they were like, no, we can't put tit. We can't put tilt. <laughs> it's, only, it's only the 60s. We can't say tit yet. Yeah. <laughs> she appeared at the Woodstock Festival and on the Festival Express Train Tour. Five of Janice's singles hit Billboard Hot 100, including a cover of the song Me and Bobby McGee, which reached number one in March of 1971. Ooh. Me and Bobby McGee. I'm pretty sure I know that song. That's like probably one of her most famous songs probably i don't know that i know it off the top of my head like it just sounds familiar that yeah the name sounds familiar growing up janice joplin's parents felt that she needed more attention than their (laughs) (laughs) wow that was a solid blooper can't wait to edit that (laughs) i'm just gonna i'm just gonna take that sound and put it in random places in every episode Growing up, Janice Joplin's parents felt that she needed more attention than her other siblings. As a teenager, Janice became friends with a group of outcasts who all had albums by blues artists such as Bessie Smith, Ma Rainey, and Lead Belly. Lead? Lead? Lead. Probably Lead Belly. I'm so sorry. I'm butchering your all's names. I'm sorry. It's all good. They all helped influence Joplin into becoming a singer. She began... She began... (laughs) (laughs) Wow. We're doing great. I feel like when I'm gonna allow... When I loud laugh like that, I need to turn my face fully away from the microphone so that the audience doesn't just get like a full, like really loud, blow their ears out, high-pitched Caitlin laugh. True, true. Oh, goodness. Where am I? She began. (laughs) When did we get a pig? Oh my God, can we get a podcast pet? (gasps) I like that. All right, so Janice began. Began singing blues and folks music with... 
friends at Thomas Jefferson High School. Janice says she was bullied all the time in high school as a teen. As a teen, she became overweight and suffered from acne, leaving her with deep scars that required dermabrasion. Dermabrasion, maybe? I don't know. We're not doctors. (laughs) Deal with it. (laughs) Other kids at school would taunt her and call her different names like pig, freak, or creep. Okay. Yeah, she stated that she was also a misfit. That's terrible. But you know- Kids are dicks. That is so true, but you know what I actually laugh at whenever kids do that? What? Have you noticed that it's been like a trend where like the ones that get bullied are the ones that become famous and shit? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, dude, look at you. Like, because the ones that get made fun of or get called out for being different, obviously they're not afraid to be different. So they put one foot in front of the other, other, like the other person couldn't do and they shine while the other one just suffers and hates their life. Exactly. Joplin graduated from high school in 1960 and attended Lamar State College of Technology in Baymont, Texas during the summer. Not gonna lie, it kinda, this this sounds not great, but it kinda surprises me that some of the, that like a lot of the people that we've talked about have gone to college. Right. Like, Mia went to college, Janice went to college. Well, I mean, like, it's not a bad thing for you to say because, I mean, like, anyone now can literally become a singer. They can just put some yeah. auto-tune on, like, uh, the guy that, Little Pump, he's, he sings Gucci Gang. Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. That guy, like, literally just fucking auto-tune and he was famous because of that one song. I mean, granted, I think that was literally, like, his one-hit wonder. Like, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he has other songs. Like, that's the only one you ever hear. Yeah. Well, I don't hear any of them because I don't listen to that. But I know what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Caitlin. I'm not into that. I'm sorry. I don't know. I I like it. I'm not dissing him for it. I mean, I like something. Or like, I like, yeah. I mean, like, I like some things that are out of tune. Like, for the longest time. T-Pain. Seriously, for the longest time, people would judge me for listening to T-Pain because they're like, he's nothing but auto-tune. And I'm like, okay, that is true. I'm gonna buy you a drink. And I was like, okay, that is true. I was like, but that's his style. That is what he chose. But I was like, but he can sing. And nobody believed me until he did that acoustic. Masked Singer. No, he's been on The Masked Singer. Yeah, but I mean, before that, he did like an acoustic thing on youtube yeah but he won season one of the mask oh did he yes he won and he's like phenomenal literally beautiful Mm -hmm. voice Mm -hmm. he has to be classically trained hello am classically trained can't tell when someone is classically trained yeah he uses auto-tune so what he's still talented Mm -hmm. leave him alone leave him alone unlike and leave britney alone uh Hashtag free Britney. I just listened to Toxic mm. on my way home from, oh God, where did I go yesterday? Oh, from the chiropractor. And I, lo- I love that song. I love Toxic. Mm-hmm. It's like single-handedly one of my favorite Britney Spears songs, period. It's pretty good. That one, and I really like Till the World Ends. That's good too. I like that. Mm-hmm. And, and Circus. Oh, I just oh love, yeah, yeah. I just, I just love, love Britney, Britney Spears. Spears. <laughs> oh. Free Britney. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This episode isn't going to come out until August and watch. Everything's going to be like completely settled by the time this episode airs. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. But still free, Brittany. Mm-hmm. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, Janice Joplin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Att- attended, you know, Lamar State College, as we said. And then she later attended U- the University of Austin, Texas. Uh, University Texas at Austin. <laughs> University of Texas at Austin. Yeah, absolutely. Attended University of Texas at Austin. <laughs> University of Texas 
Not Austin. I think that's right because when, when we say you know we say oh I guess we say IU Bloomington, mm-hmm. but University of no uh, I think that's right. University of Austin in Texas because so whenever better. you say okay so UCLA is University of California at Los Angeles. Oh, okay, that just sounds really fucking weird. I out think loud. that's right. I think that's right. Listen. We're not English teachers, so. Nope, sure ain't. Uh, she says ain't. Mm-hmm. The campus newspaper actually wrote an article about her titled, She Dares to be Different. The article was wrote July 27th, 1962. And here's the quote. She goes barefoot when she feels like it, wears Levi's to class because they're more comfortable and carries her auto harp with her everywhere she goes. Oh, so yes, that- girl. So that in case she gets the urge to break into song, it will be handy. Her name is Janice Joplin. I'm getting some major Phoebe Buffay vibes from Janice Joplin here. Except Phoebe carries a guitar instead of a right. an auto harp. Right. Uh, it didn't say who the quote was by, so I'm sorry. Probably but just somebody that knew her. Yeah, it was just one of her college colleagues. Her buddies. In her personal life, some of her relationships included Peter DeBlanc, Country Joe McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> Old McDonald had a farm. Sorry, I'm D- David Nyhouse. David, what? Nyhouse? Nyhouse? That's German as hell. Mm hmm. Nee. It might be knee. Knee house. Knee house. Knee. I don't know. David. David. Solid David. Chris Christofferson. Yeah, that sounds right. That's also very German. Chris Chris is Chris what Chris. I see. And Seth Morgan. Seth Morgan, she dated from July 1970 until her death. It was said... Yeah, that sucks, dude. I couldn't imagine. It was said at the time they were allegedly engaged. Oh. That's even more sad. Some bitch. Oh, I'm not crying. (laughs) She had also had relations with women. Oh. She has some relationships with women. Oh, she's progressive. Yes, Jonas. I guess it was the 70s. Well, late 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to the 60s now. In 1963 in San Fran, Janice met and briefly lived with Jay Whitaker. Uh, Whitaker? Whitaker? (gasps) It could be. She was an African-American woman who she met while playing pool in a bar in North Beach. North Beach, California? Where are we? In San Fran. Oh, California. Yeah, yeah. Jay broke things off Janice because of her hard drug use and sexual relations with other people. Mm. Wait, so did they date? Yeah, so I guess they were like in a relationship and Janice was kind of seeing other people. Maybe they were just kind of like talking, mm. and but Jay was trying to get more serious. Mm. You know what I mean? I got you. And Janice was like, nah, I want to wow. see other people. Man, can you imagine that? A lesbian interracial marriage or relationship. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the 60s. Yeah, in the 60s, yeah. I bet a lot of uh, old white men did not like that. That's fine. I would, Dude, I'm so glad I didn't live yeah. back then because I 100% would have just like been killed because yeah. from like saving someone or something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, I would have participated in the protests. And... Yeah, for sure. Janice also had an on and off r- romantic relationship with Peggy Casserta. Cass- Peggy okay. Caserta, I guess we're going to say. They first met November of 1966. Peggy was one of the 15 people in an audience at the Big Brother concert. At the time, she ran a successful clothing boutique in Haight-Ashbury. In Wait, Hay- Peggy had a boutique? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, in Ashbury. Hi! <laughs> Ashbury. <laughs> 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 
cannot. Okay. Anyways. About a month later, Peggy attended another concert, and Janice visited her visited her boutique and said she could not afford to buy a pair of jeans that was for sale. So Peggy took pity on her and gave her a pair of jeans for free. Aww. Their friendship was platonic for more than a year before the relationship moved to the next level. Peggy admitted she was in love with the guitarist of Big Brother, Sam Andrew. <gasps> Scandalous. Whoa. And sometime during the first half of 1968, she apparently traveled from the San Fran to New York to see and flirt with him. Oh, I- Peggy. Come on, Peggy. He came out and said he did not want a serious relationship. And Janice sympathized with Peggy's sadness. Yeah, that sucks. Yum, 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 yum. More into her career, Janice wrote her first song, What Good Can Drinkin' Do? And um, a lot. Right, right. <laughs> and was recorded on tape in December 1962 at the home of one of her classmates at the University of Texas. See, that sounds better. At Austin. At Austin. <laughs> She left Texas in January of 1963, claiming her head was in a much different place. She was hitchhiking with her friend Chet Helms to North Beach, San Francisco. In 1964, we're still in San Fran. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Janice and future guitarist of Jefferson Airplane, Jorma Cocoon. <laughs> <laughs> Jorma, wait, where? Jorma Cocoon? Cocoon? How? Jorma. Yeah. Okay, Jorma. Jorma recorded a number of blue standards, which also featured Jorma's wife, Margaret, using a typewriter in the background. This session included seven tracks and was long released after Joplin's death. Mm-hmm. In 1963, Janice was arrested in San Fran for shoplifting. The following two years, her drug use skyrocketed and she started to get the reputation as a speed freak and occasionally a heroin heroin user heroin i don't know why my brain made that so complicated that's <laughs> okay she also used other psychedelic drugs and was a heavy drinker throughout her career her favorite alcoholic drink was southern comfort listen i Ooh. wish we still kind of lived in the 60s because i heard psychedelic drugs are pretty fucking good like there's this netflix documentary of like all the celebrities that have tried like psychedelic drugs and literally all of them were like you should at least try it once what like like lsd lsd acid shrooms Um, shit like that um msd i think no i think i'm good i feel like i mean i definitely would not try acid but Okay, listen, I get kind of dumb when I have alcohol in my system. I don't really care to know what my personality is like on hallucinogens. (laughs) Hallucinogens. Mm, Yeah, that's all right. (laughs) I'll observe you. Okay. I mean, they, they do say you should have like... Someone sober. Yeah. I'll be the sober one. You're already like you're like hilarious when you're drunk and high. So like, girl, I already know that you're gonna be hilarious on hallucinogens. We probably shouldn't be talking about this. I really hope no police officers listen to this. In 1965, her friends noticed a lot of things going on in her life. They noticed she was regular regularly injecting meth into herself. Wow, Janice. What? and tried to convince her to go back to Port Arthur. During that month, her friends threw her a bus fare party so she could go visit her parents in Texas. Five years later, she told the Rolling Stones magazine that I didn't have many friends and I didn't like the ones I had. What? But they threw her a party to go back home. That's, ugh. 
Ah, uh, Janice. Also, I know. I think she sounded like a bitch so far. God damn. They seem pretty nice to you. Okay, I'm confused because I read that she didn't use needles. She always took everything in pill form. So like heroin in pill form. But again, with the conflicting reports. True. True. I don't know. I. I actually think it was Peggy that said that she, that Janice never used a needle. I guess she might have when she first started, but then she eventually. Right. So like there would never be track marks on her arm or anything. Right. Okay. Sorry. No, you're fine. October 4th, 1970, Janice Joplin was found dead on the floor of her hotel room by her row manager and close friend, John Byron Cook. Mm. There was alcohol found in the room. Newspapers said that no other drug or paraphernalia were found. According to a book authored by Joseph DiMana and Coroner Thomas, evidence of narcotics were removed from the scene by a friend of Joplin. But then later, this friend put them back once they found out an autopsy was being performed. Mm. That's kind of sketch. That's weird. Since it was going to show up in her system. Oh, so they put the drugs back because they found yeah. out that they were going to do an autopsy. Yeah. Okay, if someone dies, they're going to do a fucking autopsy. Mm. Come well, on. Well, I mean, don't okay, we okay. just have someone that didn't have an autopsy? Jim Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> because he died in France and it wasn't like law at that point. Well, maybe that would fucking know, man. Maybe it wasn't required back then. Like maybe they just did it whenever it was mysterious or sudden. Thomas performed an autopsy on Janice and determined the cause of death to be heroin overdose, possibly compounded by alcohol. John believed Joplin had been given heroin that was more potent than what she and others have used around the area. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Her death was ruled accidental. Enter Peggy and Seth Morgan, which is her fiance. Quote unquote. Mm -hmm. They were both supposed to meet Janice the that Friday, October second, before her death. And she passed away Sunday. Mm -hmm. Okay. She was expecting both of them to keep her company that night. According to Peggy, Janice was saddened that neither of her friends visited her as they promised. During a 24-hour period, Peggy didn't call her to explain why she didn't show up. Peggy even admitted that she didn't call until Sunday night. But when Peggy called the front desk clerk, he told her that he could not accept any calls for her after midnight. Seth- What? That's stupid. Okay, sorry. Seth did speak to Janice on the phone 24 hours prior to her death but the contents of that call are unknown. Hmm. Janice was cremated at Pierce Brothers Westwood Village Memorial Park at Mortuary in LA, and her ashes were scattered from a plane into the Pacific Ocean. Oh my, oh my, oh wow. That's sad. So if you're swimming in the Pacific Ocean, you're- Swimming with Janice. Yep. All right, so you ready for some conspiracy theories? Always. All right, here we go. So I am gonna say that it took me a lot of digging to find anything worthwhile, but I did find I did find some stuff. Okay. Okay. So so as you said, Janice's death was ruled a drug overdose by heroin. Mm. However, there are a few people who don't believe this to be true. Mm. One being a close friend of Janice, Peggy Caserta. Caserta. Caserta? I don't I don't know. Peggy. Peggy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Beautiful. Peggy says that the night Janice died, she arrived at the scene shortly after the police. Um, she is quoted saying, quote, I saw her foot sticking out at the end of the bed. She was lying with cigarettes in one hand and change in the other. For years, it bothered me. How could she have overdosed and then walked out to the lobby and walked back? I've overdosed and you crumpled to the floor like how they found Philip Seymour Hoffman. I don't know who Philip Seymour Hoffman is, but apparently they found him crumpled on the floor, dead by oh, heroin Philip overdose. Mm -hmm. Seymour Hoffman? 
Poor Philip Seymour Hoffman. Peggy believes that Janice tripped over the hotel's thick shag carpet because it was the 70s. True. <laughs> and smacked her head into the bedside table, Ooh, breaking yeah. her nose, which caused her to die of asphyxiation. So basically, she choked on her own blood. Okay. So Peggy truly believes or that... Or tripped her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. Peggy wanted to be engaged to Seth. And so Peggy killed Janice. Dun, dun, dun. <clears throat> I'm going to get us a soundboard. It's happening. <laughs> so Peggy truly believes that Janice did not overdose, which if you think about it, makes sense. Um, everything that I read said that her body was found between the bed and the nightstand. And I thought I read somewhere that she had like cuts on her face and she looked like she had blood running down her face. Um, but I couldn't seem to find that article again. And it made me really mad I couldn't find it, but everything's fine. It's fine. Um, it's good. Um, but it's like the same sort of thing as with Kurt Cobain. Like if he or Janis Joplin had taken a lethal amount of heroin, there's literally no way they could have done anything afterwards. Right. Like shoot themselves in the head or walk to the lobby to go buy cigarettes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That just doesn't just doesn't seem right to me. I feel like if she had taken a lethal amount of heroin, she would just crumple and die right then. Anyways, uh, the other conspiracy surrounding her death deals heavily with the whole 27 Club conspiracy. Um, So just to give you guys a little taste of our bonus episode, which will be coming in the next couple of weeks when this is released. Um, I'm going to read you a snippet of an article that I found from a Jim Morrison blog spot post. So this is an interview with a movie director named Larry Buchanan, uh, who wrote and directed the movie Beyond the Doors, which if you can guess is about uh, Jim Morrison. Really? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little obvious, huh? This movie explores the mysterious deaths of Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix, and Janis Joplin. So in this interview, Buchanan says... All three of them were under surveillance and being tapped. At that time, Nixon was desperately afraid of not being reelected. There was a legislation ready for passage, and it did, or which it did pass, where 18-year-olds were to get to vote. Well, these were the king and queen of rock and the heir apparent to rock, which was Morrison. So Jimi Hendrix was the king of rock, Janis Joplin was the queen of rock, and Jim Morrison was the heir apparent to rock. So Larry continues on by saying Hendrix, Morrison, and Janice could actually make a difference on an 18-year-old vote with Nixon being out of the White House. It was that simple. Hmm. So that's all I'm going to say about that because Mm -hmm. I want y'all to listen to the, uh, the 27 Club Conspiracy episode. So listen to that episode, which we are planning to release after our next episode. So this episode, one more episode, and then that next week we'll have this 27 Club episode out, okay? Those conspiracies are insane. You do not want to miss them, okay? So (laughs) this last one is really confusing and like super out there it makes it's kind of crazy so just like stick with me i'm ready okay so jim jimmy and janice all died within a year of each other okay so we're talking about jim morrison jimmy hendrix Mm -hmm. and janice joplin Mm -hmm. okay died within a year Mm -hmm. so janice actually died just 16 days after jimmy hendrix Mm -hmm. this enforces the quote-unquote rule of three that states that celebrities die in threes um this theory states that jim Jimmy and Janice's deaths were all a part of, can you guess? A satanic ritual. (laughs) 
Uh-huh. Okay, here we go. So now I'm going to spew some information at you that I'm not even sure I understand. So are you ready? Here we go. This article says that the cabal can and do orchestrate and intertwine ritual killings, murders, and deaths is that together. A, is that a cult? Cabal? I Hold on, hold on. So they do intertwine ritual killings, murders, and deaths together with numbers, creating riddles with quote-unquote current events and untrue details of witnesses or scenarios in the quote official stories. So that whole sentence means literally nothing to me. Okay. So, so, so hold on. So hold yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only thing that I could find for the definition of the word cabal, which is spelled in this article, it's spelled K-A-B-A-L. The only definition I can find is C-A-B-A-L, which is a secret political clique or faction. Um, but the way this article spells it is in reference to a Mortal Kombat character. Yeah, I was going to say, I just, <laughs> or there's... There's another one where it literally, I looked up this, but I spelled it K-O-B-A-L, and it's a demon. Oh. But it's a fandom. It's just a prince of dark humor. Oh. Yeah, it's just like from a, from a fandom of some sort. The Cabal. It probably is supposed and, to be C-A-B-A-L. And it says Cabal fell with Lucifer and his armies. Okay, so then maybe it is supposed to be a demon, which it'll it'll make more sense once I get through all this, okay? Okay, sorry, sorry. I was just really... No, it's okay. I literally, it, I don't, that whole sentence means nothing to me. I still don't completely understand it. So here we go. Oh, wait, question. Listen, real quick. If you're a Satanist, can you please, like, if you know what we're talking about, can you please just message us? Because I, I, I'm very curious. I am also curious. I would really like to know. So yes. thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. So anyways, so this absolute nonsense article continues by stating the obvious about Jim, Jimmy, and Janice. That all of their names start with a J. Oh, Jesus. Jim, Jimmy, Janice. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So this is pointed out that the letter J has a numerical value of 17 according to the reverse gematria. Gem, gem, gematria. I don't know how to say this word, but it's fine. Um, so this reverse gematria is a form of numerology that associates letters of the Hebrew alphabet with numbers. So it associates, so each letter has, is assigned a number. J equals 17. Okay. Okay. So I told y'all this was going to be confusing. All right, just hold up, stick with me. So it also says that the number 17 is used pretty frequently in satanic rituals because the word kill also equals 17. I don't know how. I don't have any idea. There's literally like a whole calculator on how to like figure out the num numerical meanings of these freaking words. So anyways, J is 17 and the word kill is also 17, okay? So it then goes on to say that there were 17 days between Jimmy and Janice's death. Mm. So that is including the day. But I thought you said 16 yeah. earlier. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so it's ridiculous. Okay. I think it is counting the day that one of them died instead of the days between their deaths. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. So Janice, the word Janice equals 17 and kill also equals 17. Wait, maybe I meant the letter J equals 17. I don't know. There's a bunch of 17s. Okay. All right. Here we go. More, <laughs> more damn math. 
I can't. Okay. So from the start of the ritual, which was Jimi Hendrix's death, to the end of the ritual, which was symbolized by Jim Morrison's death, mm. or quote unquote death, because he's not really dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So from the start to finish of the ritual is 289 days. And guess what? What? 17 is the square root of 289. Apparently. I don't know. I feel like a mathematician would really love this conspiracy theory. Uh Uh-huh. I'm not a mathematician. I am a musician. I don't know nothing about numbers and math. Uh -uh. I hate it. I hate it. Okay. So we have a super import, a level of super importance with the number 17 and also with the number 27. Right. Because they all died at the age of 27. Right. Okay. So also 27 is apparently another number that is heavily used in satanic rituals because the word ritual in Gematria, take a guess. Is 27. Yeah. So kill is 17 Uh. and ritual is 27. Uh. However, the hell they get those numbers, I don't have any freaking clue. If anybody understands this, please feel free to tell us what is going on because I don't understand this. I really want to know how high they were to come up with that kind of conspiracy (laughs) theory. Literally, who came up with this? Who came up with this gematria crap? I literally cannot. It makes no sense to my brain. So all three of our musicians died at age 27. I see. And Jimmy and Janice died with 27 and 103 date numerology, okay? So Jimi Hendrix died on September 18th. So 9-18. And 9 plus 18 is 27. Janice died on uh, 9 plus 18 is 27. (laughs) So they're they're adding the month and the date. So the month number and the day number. Yes, Erica, 9 (laughs) plus 18 equals 27 because 9 times 3 is 27. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, it's too much. I can't. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. My brain was processing 8, not 18. Okay. Mm. All right. So then Janice Joplin died on October 4th, 1970. So 10 plus 4 plus 19 plus 70 is 103. And apparently 103 is the 27th prime. I don't know what that means. Maybe it means like if you line up all of the prime numbers and you count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 so on and so forth, and you, like, 103 is the 27th in that list. I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah, I genuinely don't know what this means. I am not a math teacher. Okay, stick with me for a li- just, just a little bit longer, okay? I'm almost done, I'm I promise. Here. I'm here. So, from Janis Joplin's death to Jim Morrison's death is 272 days. What do you notice about the number 272? It's two. It's 27 forwards and backwards with another number at the end. This is such a stretch. Okay, okay. I don't know who came up with this theory, but... I don't They were probably on some, like... Oh, my God. They were probably on some hallucinogens. See? Those are psychedelic drugs, man. Okay. All right. Okay, okay. So, quick recap. The words ritual and kill have a few numerologies. Mm -hmm. So ritual has 27 and 81. Okay. And I I don't know. Okay. Continue. I have no freaking clue. So 27 and 81. Okay. The word kill has 17, 44, and 28. So Jimi Hendrix has a bunch of numerologies related to the word 
kill. Mm. So we already discussed the 9 plus 18. Mm. But if you add each digit of the year he died, you can also get 44. So if you add 9 plus 18 plus 1 plus 9 plus 7 plus 0, mm. that's 44. All right. Okay? Which is the numerology of the word kill. Uh-huh. We, can, we can draw a chart. We can draw a chart. Please. Or I can show you the website. Whichever. Okay. It still doesn't make sense to me, so no. I'm not guaranteeing that the website's going to help. Right. It's a lot. Okay? So Jim Morrison's death day relates to both words. He died on July 3rd, 1971. So if you add each individual digit of that date, you get 28. So um, 7 plus 3 plus 1 plus 9 plus 7 plus 1. But if you only add 7 plus 3 plus 71, you get 81, which is related to the word ritual. Right. Okay? Right. Okay, okay. Like they just okay. put a lot of this out of their ass. I, that, uh, nah, I know. I know. It makes no sense. And I fully don't believe it. Okay, so. It's pretty funny, though, so far. Like, okay, okay. Well, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's all of it. Okay? So it's so, just because of those damn numbers? Yes. So because the words ritual and kill have certain quote unquote numerologies and all of the like dates of the musician's deaths relate back to either the word kill or the word ritual, then these people are just saying that they are part of a satanic ritual. Right. But I I still don't understand how they're like assigning these numerologies. I don't get it. It makes quite literally no sense in my brain. None. So I fully do not believe that last one, nor do I like understand it in any way, shape or form. Uh, Personally, I couldn't see Satanists using famous musicians for their rituals, mostly because Satanists Satanists don't do rituals in the way that people think they do. Satanists. Uh, yeah, it's usually like witches and shit. Exactly. Satanists are not inherently murdering psychopaths who psych- sacrifice humans and goats and shit. That's just not how it works. Y'all are just like scared oh, of I someone. Need clear, I need to clear that up. With witches, I'm just saying like sacrifices with ghosts. I'm not saying y'all are going out and murdering <laughs> humans. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no. We done pissed off all the witches. No. We're going to have hexes on us. Oh God. I love my fellow witches and I'm, listen. I wish I could get into some stuff I'm, like that. I would listen, love to. Honestly. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, I okay. have a tarot deck. I'm trying. I want to get into crystals and like yeah, manifesting things. Like I know because like you get such good, such good fucking positive vibes and shit. And it's yes, like, that's what I want. I just want like aura cleansing. All yes. of the all of the witchy shit. I I want it. I want it all in my life. So, anyways, um, I honestly. I bet most Satanists are, like, super cool to hang out with. Oh, for sure. Uh-huh. They're, like, the nicest fucking people yeah. on this planet. I, I also bet that Satanists don't walk around towns knocking on people's doors, asking them to follow their lord and savior. True. Satan. Satan. <laughs> just, Hail Satan. I'm just saying. Anyways, I'm, like, honestly, Satanists are probably super cool, and y'all are just being dramatic. No, no, they are. I actually have a friend that's a Satanist. Like, every time you walk into his house, he has a piece that was built and it literally says hail satan on yeah it. like he, he's literally the chillest fucking dude ever he he has never judged anyone he has never talked bad about anyone 
Like, exactly. He is, I absolutely love him. Exactly. They're just like chill, down to earth human beings who understand that people make mistakes and that not everyone is perfect. Oh, and they don't try to tell people how to live their lives. True. And it's not like they walk around with like, like Richard Ramirez style pentagrams on their palms. God. Richard Ramirez literally ruined Satanists for, like, the rest of the world. Satanism, uh, he ruined it. What's Charles Manson? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bad dude. Be bad. So, which conspiracy do you think it is? Um, Probably that math one. For sure. (laughs) The math? (laughs) God. (laughs) No. No, I think, I honestly, I could see the, she fell and broke her nose. And yeah. died of asphyxiation. Would, I can yeah. see that one. I definitely, yeah, I definitely feel like it was probably legit just an accident. And it was just one of those things that just kind of sadly happened. Mm-hmm. I agree. I don't think, I don't really think it was foul play. Right, yeah. But I might feel differently after the 27 Club episode. Ooh. Right. We'll update you then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Most of these I feel like were tragic accidents. Like, ah, right. uh, no. no. I lied. That's not true. Because I feel like some of them were murdered. Like, I really feel like Jimi Hendrix was murdered. I really feel like Kurt Cobain was murdered. Oh, for sure. Mia Zapata obviously was murdered. That's been proven. Yeah. But anyways, I think, I really do think that Janis Joplin was just a tragic accident. I think she was a little, little messed up. And so she tripped and fell and broke her face and then choked on her blood. Broke. Wow, that was very gruesome. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, Janice. Rest in peace. We love you. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for you today. For sure. We super appreciate Luke being super quiet right now. (laughs) Moving ever so slowly. Next week. And then, oh, sorry, next episode. And then after next episode will be the 27 Club bonus episode, okay? And I know this is like super probably late because, you know, we're recording super ahead of when this is released, but we're coming out with some pretty exciting um, bonus content for y'all. I'm really excited for what we have planned. New projects. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's get this podcast going. Uh, We will see you guys in about two weeks. Thanks for listening with us. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to Patreon. (laughs) And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. (laughs) And check out our blog at murderonthemusicscene.com. Totally. cameo from Mr. Luke here. All right, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Goodbye forever. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to Murder on the Music Scene. Our cover art and our music and editing is done by Caitlin Anderson. Check out our website at murderonthemusicscene.com and don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Murder on the Music Scene. If you have suggestions or comments, email us at murderonthemusicscene at gmail.com. All of our episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. If you would like to support us, you can become a patron on Patreon. Just search Murder on the Music Scene or use the link on our website. Make sure to join us next time for another conspiracy-filled episode of Murder on the Music Scene.